It's Talking Football with Rob Daniels and Vince Tracy. Talking Football. Okay, so everybody, welcome to the podcast, the 22nd of June, 2023. Okay, let's see. Our weather is uh, very, very pleasant. Uh, All the garden looks nice. The uh, mountain definition looks good. And uh, obviously, people will have another hottish day. I think we're going up to about 30 today. Um, I'll go west about uh, an hour, driving sensibly, and I should find Rob. Good morning to you, Rob. What's your weather like, and how are you today? Yeah, good morning, Vince. Uh, good morning, Rory. Uh, down here, it's a beautiful day as well. Um, we are now officially in summer. Yesterday was uh, the summer solstice, and um, from now on, I think we've got about 29 degrees today, which for me is slightly too hot. We've got to put up with the next two or three months of extremely hot weather, um, but um, that's what it's like living in Spain, and everything's good. It is indeed. Well, especially uh, if you are a aficionado, a fan of Spain and the national team, uh, like many others, I saw the final of the Nations League. Uh, although, having said that, you know... Um, Sometimes you wonder what the heck you're watching because these trophies just suddenly appear and you think, oh, oh yes, of course, I remember that. That started about uh, a couple of years ago. And, uh, oh, it's the final on Saturday. Uh, oh, no, Sunday. Uh, yeah, I mean, come on. It's what a mix. There's just football leaking everywhere. Anyway, it was uh, a doer game, really. I mean, it was not what you would say was uh, another of the El Clasicos. Um, Not exactly your games that you expect between Real Madrid and Barcelona. Uh, But uh, it is a trophy via the penalty shootout, and Rob will give us a little bit more detail for the game. So did you enjoy it, Rob? And um, how um, how did you think Spain played? Right, Vince. Well, um, what we're talking about now, we're talking about the final of uh, what they call the UEFA uh, Nations League, um, which was played, the final was played between um, Spain and Croatia in Rotterdam on Sunday evening. Um, And the match itself, to be honest, um, as you mentioned about the Champions League final, it was like neither team wanted to lose, but they weren't prepared to go out and play in order to win it. So it ended up as a nil-nil draw after 90 minutes, and it was still nil-nil at the end of extra time. And then it went into penalty shootout. Now, the five minutes before 90 minutes and the five minutes before the end of extra time were really the only times of the match where you could see the two teams actually trying to win the game. But when it went down to the penalty shootout, um, Spain in the end won it uh, 5-4. Um, but it was a very, very good penalty shootout. Um, the uh, the new um, Spanish manager, uh, De La Fuente, he has chosen his um, preferred squad. They're all young, um, but in the goal, uh, they've got Unai Simon um, from Athletic Bilbao, and he is a brilliant ball stopper. And in the penalty shootout, he stopped two um, shots from going in from Croatia and actually um, won the match, if you like, for, for Spain. 
Um, Luka Modric, um, full respect to Luka Modric. It's a pity that he didn't, that Croatia didn't win for him really because it might be his last major international tournament and he's 37 years old now. He played the whole 90 minutes plus extra time. He's the captain. He went third in the penalty shootout instead of going first or fifth to try and get the glory. He went right in the middle and banged his in. Um, but um, Spanish lad, when he could have won it at four all before it went to sudden death, he hit the bar and then in the sudden death, it was um, a Croatian guy against uh, Unai Simon who made a really impressive save actually. He dived down to his, his right hand side and down at the bottom, which is quite a difficult one to make. And he managed to get his fingertips to it and, and made sure that the ball didn't go in the net. Um, and then it was uh, Dani Carvalho who came up um, to take the next one for Spain. Now, he's not a regular penalty taker, but he is a very experienced footballer. And he was as cool as a cucumber. He knocked the ball in and he went straight in the back of the net. Spain won it. And uh, congratulations to Spain and uh, Dani Carvalho. He actually got married. Um, two days ago, he got married on the twentieth, which was he was planning to get married anyway. But now he's he's got married, and he scored the winning penalty that won the match. Um, the football itself wasn't particularly good, I don't think, but it's another trophy. And the, the young Spanish team are looking quite good actually. They've got uh, they've got some good players in there, and the Croatian team are coming to the end of their careers, a lot of them. Uh, Modric, for example, a lot of them, they're very experienced. Um, and they're going to be looking to rebuild. But Spain are already doing that. And, um, yeah, so at the end of the day, it was, it was a positive um, result for Spain. And uh, everybody was really pleased about it. Um, so, yeah, it's yeah, great result, really. And that was after extra time. And the third, yeah. the third place playoff we're not going to dwell on this one but uh, Netherlands two Italy three so uh, let's go next to uh, the other games that were around during the week because obviously uh, you've got these qualifiers that are coming up now and as I say you see everything is really it, it, it's almost like never ending now but um, we're looking at the European Championship qualifying games so um, let's see what you've got for us on that. What what were what were the pick of the wins that you saw? Well, England beat uh, beat their rivals in the North, Mac North, 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 North Macedonian Macedonian wasn't yeah, it it's at yeah. seven nil. Yeah, which um, they should really have beaten Malta by the same score I think uh, in the previous match, but they actually did come out and uh, Bukayo Saka got a hat trick. Which uh, and it, well deserved as well. Uh, Harry Kane got one in, and it was it, basically England showed what they can do against weaker opposition. Um, I don't think that's a bad thing either, because sometimes against weaker opposition they can falter, can't they? But they actually got seven goals in. Um, there were other results that were quite surprising, uh, as far as I thought. Um, for example, Northern Ireland, which is not a major football uh, footballing nation, but playing at home against Kazakhstan, um, who are not a major footballing nation by any sense, by any stretch of the imagination. Um, Northern Ireland managed to lose nil one against Kazakhstan. Yeah, but let, let's, let's let's not lose the perspective. That's a goal, one goal. 
So, you know, I mean, the thing is, we don't know enough about Kazakhstan. I thought what was more telling was uh, Ukraine uh, hosted Malta. And, um, okay, you know, we know there's the war going on. It must be dreadfully difficult for everybody. Uh, But uh, it was a 1-0 there. So, you know, when it's only an odd goal, it doesn't really sort of uh, flatter either team particularly. Uh, So, um, you know, I wouldn't read too deeply into that. Uh, I mean, looking around the other games, was there anything that you could read deeply into? Um, I think we need to go probably... Finland, San Marino, you, you, you can't really even read too much into that. 6-0, Finland should win that game. Uh, Republic of Ireland, Gibraltar, 3-0. Again, I got the feeling that, you know, that's the sort of game you would expect um, the Republic of Ireland to win against Gibraltar. France, Greece, that was interesting. Only one goal in that. Uh, so, again, you know, you, you, you can pick the bones out of a lot of these games. Um if we look at the Tuesday games, what did you think um, of the Scotland taking them to the top of the table? Doing really well, by the way. Scotland are doing very well, aren't they, Ventine? They've, they've played four matches, I think, now, and they've won all four of them. And they've done it fairly convincingly as well. Um, it's still quite early in the uh, this sort of league stage, but... Um, Scotland are going really well, and uh, I hope they get through, really, to be honest. Um, I'd like all of the British teams to get through, but um, Scotland are doing probably better out of all of us at the moment, as far as, apart from England, but they, they, they looking, they're looking very, very comfortable. Now, Ukraine, you mentioned uh, they only won 1-0 at home against Malta, but they didn't play at home. They don't play at home because they can't. They played um, at a ground in uh, Slovakia. And let's face it, Ukraine, um, I don't think there's ever been um, a a national team, as far as I can remember at least, and possibly in other parts of the world, that has actually been out of the field a national team while their country's at war. And um, the lads go out there and they give it their all and they're playing away from home every time because they can't play at home. The next match that um, they, they've got in September, or the next uh, round of these matches, and they're playing England. And I think England are playing away, and they're still not sure where they're going to play Ukraine away. I hope England win, but um, I, knew, I know Ukraine will put up a big fight, and they're in second position in our group at the moment as well. But yeah, Scott, Scotland looking really good. Um, yeah. Okay. other results that uh, Portugal won, but only marginally. And so it's, it's, all, it's all up in the air at the moment. Okay, the, so the under, under-21s take over now. Um, and, and again, I'm not too sure whether or not you saw this. So I'll mention in passing uh, that I thought Spain looked well worthy of the three goals that they put against, I think, Romania. Um, uh, they looked good again. And, you know, uh, it, whatever's happening with Spanish football, it's looking buoyant again, which I do think is in- interesting and important. You know, um, England, mm. uh, England under 21s, they play tonight. And, um, you, you know, the thing is, uh, I just think we'll keep an eye on these things because they are interesting. But how much of this is really um, important? How much of it is a sideshow and how much of it is there to deflect us all from looking at things that are really, really important in the world? I'm not too sure. I mean, we, we, we're doing a, a football 
podcast. So uh, it does mean that we're going to be looking at some of the things which, um, for those people that are trying to place things in a context, um, football is nothing other than another part of what goes on in the world rather than some people do make it the only thing that's important. So um, I wanted to say that as um, we've got other things that I think are fairly um, bog standard when we talk about them, like, you know, some of the other teams that we're not interested, um, what what we're not interested in. And then we do come to certain things which I think we need to uh, look at and give it a good shake out and, and say, well, hang on, you know, um, if we look at, say, the Hillsborough shirt. Now, with me being a Liverpool fan, I think uh, I'll let the passion uh, maybe be evaporated for a minute because I, I mean I was steaming about it like a lot of people if you can tell us what the uh, FA statement uh, talked about when they the FA became involved in what had happened and in fact if you'd like to just go over what it was all about Right Vince now I know you're a livable supporter and it will have affected you personally um, but I think it affected real football supporters um, throughout throughout the globe basically but this happened at the FA Cup final against uh, when it was Man City against Manchester United at Wembley on the 3rd of June and Man City won the match um, 2-1 it was the first time the two Manchester teams had played in an FA Cup final and the FA Cup final is the oldest and most famous domestic cup competition in the world it, it has a worldwide audience and rightly so but then some idiot turned up purporting to be a Manchester United supporter and he was wearing what looked like a white football shirt but on the back of his football shirt he had 97 not enough written on which is an obvious reference to the Hillsborough tragedy now that sickened me when I saw that and uh, I think it sickened most people who saw it. it I find it completely disgusting um, because and I think Manchester United supporters, because it turns out he wasn't even a Manchester United supporter, this bloke. He, he had a ticket to get in and he, he said that he was a Man United supporter, but Man United want to distance themselves from him as, as far as possible because he's not, he's not a well, he's, they've never heard of him before. Um, well, he was there and he was wearing this shirt and he basically, um, he had his, Five minutes of fame, but he's going to be paying for that for the rest of his life. And so, I mean, that people aren't going to let him off for this. Um, I, I don't uh, condone any kind of violence whatsoever, but I'm, I'm not the person who makes the rules, are they? I'm like, all he got fined, um, we can name him because he has been found no, guilty. No, don't, don't, give, don't give his name out. Don't give him any fame. No, no, no but you, you can find his name easily online if you want to. Um, but he has been found guilty. And all he was, he's got a four year banning on it. Um, from going to any matches in, in England, a £1,000 fine, a surcharge of £400 and £85 in court costs. Um, and that is, we, we all thought, um, if like in the sort of football community, the people who talk about football a lot, that he would get um, a custodial sentence for that and a lifetime ban, but he didn't. And um, I'll say, he, he's, he's, he's got a target on his back now. Um, not from me, but some he 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 can't he can't he won't be able to sleep safe again. Let's put it that way. Look, I think what's more important than anything 
is it shows you the mentality of people at the moment. Um, we're talking about a football stadium incident where so many people lost their lives. There was the official number, obviously, uh, and then, you know, you've got other people whose lives have been affected by this particular incident. Uh, as you know, I'm always telling people that football is a part of life, not life is a part of football. And um, it's the mentality of somebody who, who probably might well be uh, a fan of Manchester United. And we do know that there's bitter rivalry. I can't understand it. Uh, Apparently he isn't, Vincent. No, Apparently no, no, of course you'll see he's, that. Hang he's on, 33 Rob. years old. Rob, you'll so see he that. He probably wasn't even born when Hillsborough actually happened. Rob, you will see these things quickly uh, suppressed. Don't worry. Everything you read in the papers, we do know. That's why I'm playing it really sort of right down the centre. Um, you, you know, you can't believe anything one way or the other. So what I'm saying is... If you've got somebody who is going to wear a football shirt like that and then when it all sort of came out in the open, he started giving a, a, a Tom, Dick and Harry story about a, 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 his father or grandfather being nearly 100 or something. And, and yeah, I mean, it was just so far fetched. It was obviously quickly stitched together to try and make sure that, you know, uh, damage limitation. But the problem really is. You've got sick people walking around thinking they can do what the heck they like um, in not just football, in all parts of life at the moment. This is just another nail in the coffin of sanity at the moment for me. And uh, really, I'm a, you know, for him to be walking around like that, um, you know, it's begging people to um, have great debate and possibly an assault to, to be taking place. You know, it, it's ridiculous. And um, I, I think really the authorities, if they think that, you know, um, you can ban somebody from ever going to a football game, you can't do that. I don't care what they think they can do. You can't do it. How do you think they're going to monitor that? Well, if uh, they had identity cards in order to get in, for example, but they, they, uh, they could they easily find out who you are. But they don't, um, they don't have. That's the whole point about Britain. Whereas we carry our, our identity card... They don't do that in Britain. And, of course, this is where the politicians um, uh, rule supreme. They can talk rubbish and uh, no, nobody knows who you are or what, what you're trying to do or anything. I mean, that's the ridiculous aspect of uh, you've even got people trying to get into the country without papers. And then everybody up in arms saying that, well, we, we don't know who you are and no papers. And yet they're the first people to start moaning about anybody trying to give them an identity card. So this is the, the nonsense at all levels, isn't it? Oh, it's, it's complete nonsense, Vince, at all levels. And it seems to be getting worse, doesn't it, let's face it. We, we talk about football, but we also talk about other aspects, um, social aspects. But randoms, as they call them, people like this uh, man from Warwickshire, I don't even know where that is, he's somewhere in England somewhere, but, uh, but he's a 33-year-old man, so he's not a child, but he goes to the FA Cup final wearing that shirt and then comes up with the cock and bull excuse that you've said about his granddad being nearly 98 or something, uh, and, and we are wasting our breath talking about him. When really you should be consigned to the bin of history. That obviously we we have to discuss this because this is what we do. And uh, I 
I find it completely despicable, Vince, um, and it's just part and parcel of things that generally seem to be happening at the moment, isn't it? Okay, I'm going to switch the mood, put a little bit of music on as we move to Chelsea next. So, here we go. Okay, well, I think everybody's well aware now that the whole thing's about finance. Uh, and we've got a story which Rob will tell us about uh, to do with Chelsea Football Club, who, as we all know, lost a fortune last season. Uh, they really did spend an awful lot and did very little. So, um, the Premier League, what have they done? Uh, this is all about a, a shirt sponsorship deal, isn't it? Yes, it is, Vince. Now, uh, Chelsea Football Club, as we all know, had a terrible season last year. Um, not the worst in the history, but one of the worst in recent memory. And they spent a fortune doing so. But their sponsorship deal with a company called Three, which is a mobile phone company, runs out um, well, before the next season starts. So they're looking for a new sponsor, basically, at Chelsea. Now, they tried to get um, a company called Paramount Plus from the United States who might might be involved with the owners of Chelsea at the moment. I'm not really sure about that. But they were turned down um, by the, um, the FA, or the Premier League and the FA, because this Paramount Plus doesn't have rights to uh, the show the Premier League in the United States because it's already covered by other companies. So they were turned down that sponsorship deal. Now, the next one they're going for is a company called Stake.com. Now, this is uh, an online betting um, group, but they seem to be one of the less respectable, if you like, one of the, the least um, above, above board, if you like, uh, uh, betting groups, because it's, it's not clandestine, but it's not, it's not completely above board. I wouldn't say, in my personal opinion. And they're basically scrabbling about now, looking for sponsors, they're having to go down these routes where they're looking for um, possibly disreputable companies, possibly, to actually sponsor them um, because they're not going to get any any real, um, well, we'll have to see what happens with them, but I wouldn't sponsor them, would you? Look, uh, I was just going to ask you, with the money that people talk about sponsorship deals, um, yes, of course, you can make a very good, very good case that people will see, you know, the, I did it myself yesterday. I saw um, uh, one of the uh, Carlsberg shirts out um, and it wasn't a Liverpool shirt, but it was somebody else with Carlsberg. But didn't, what, the point I want to make is that you are drawn to a logo of a sponsor that you will have seen at some time. However, uh, I have to be honest with you. That doesn't make me want to drink Carlsberg lager or Carlsberg drinks in the slightest. If I see uh, a, a pair of Nike trainers, that doesn't affect me in the slightest. You know, if I need a pair of shoes, I'll go out and have a look. And if I see a pair I like, uh, if it's got Nike on it, that will be incidental to me buying whatever it is. It'll be that I like the look of the shoe. And it just so happens that it's theirs. You know, I think the trouble is now, um, Americanism 
and the Americans are dabbling in just about anything they can get their hands in, uh, in all sorts of things. Um, I told you privately about some of the other things that are going on in the education system. So anything that comes from America, for me, I am not always happy with. And uh, if you look at betting, um, you know, you've got a dilemma, really, because you've got um, the, the governments who are trying to act as if they really, really want to make sure that nobody gets hurt by people betting. And so the adverts come on the TV and you have these contrived comments, bet sensibly. Well, we all know that most people who go out with maybe a tiny bit of money will try and maybe not even bet. Most sensible people. However, if you've got some sort of a psychotic problem, if you, but mind you, can you say that these days? I mean, the trouble is people are denying reality. If you're going to bet away anything over and above what you can afford, you've got a problem. Oh, you can just say, all oh, invents. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you've got nothing, you've got next to nothing, then and you bet everything on whatever you might bet it on and you lose, then you've got nothing. But if you win, then you might have something. And that's sort of... That's the sort of uh, idea that they give people. I mean, these scratch cards and things. Fortunately, they haven't really taken off in Spain. You can buy them, but uh, not as easily as you can in the UK. Um, but you know these scratch cards you get yeah. in every supermarket you, you go to in, in the UK? Yeah. Now, and probably other parts of the world as well. But it's like a pound each, and you've got to scratch these things off, and you might win £10 every 20 years or something. Um and that is like day to day. I don't, I don't even know if there's an age limit on that. You know, I talked um, to you. You know, I talked to you about joining up the dots. Mm -hmm. Which country would you say, from your knowledge of any of this area and what you've seen in life, which country seemed to provide the biggest gamblers? Um, it's definitely Southeast Asia. Who provide the biggest, and the, um, they they are massive into gambling down there, and they are the ones who also are running most of the uh, online betting companies at the moment, which is why I've stated, and I'll state again, is that I don't think they're on the fiddle on the take from any football match results because they don't need to because they're already making so many millions and millions and millions every second, every every second, without actually having to try and fix anything. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's massive, it's worldwide. In Spain, they're actually quite well controlled. Um, the, the betting establishments that they've got now, um, you've got to show identification when you go in, and every time you go in, once you're registered, you've got to register yourself again, even though they know you, 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 you still have to. Um, I don't go to bet, I go to watch football at the local sports bar, but at the back part, there is a sort of casino area with an automatic roulette and things like that, which I never play, but because um, that's not that kind of thing I do. But um, it, if somebody has a problem or somebody's family think they have a problem with uh, gambling, then they can dial it back at, as they say. It's, it's, it's like um, you, you can prohibit yourself from going in because everywhere you go and you present your identity card, you're prohibited from going in. Um, and it's, it's a way that they do try to... It's self-control. 
Yeah, but look, the whole thing is about not being able to control. That's what the problem with betting is. You know, if you lose a bit, you you want to try and get a bit back. If you win a bit, oh, I can win more. It, it is a problem. The answer really is don't bet. And if you go to any of the casinos that I've ever been to in Spain, uh, I do always seem to mind, manage to find Chinese people. They always seem to be there, ready to bet. Anyway, enough. Oh, so- Vince, oh, in the World Cup, um, I didn't realise there was such a massive Chinese community uh, round where I live. I know there's lots of Chinese shops and and um, they, these warehouses they have and things, but they, and they can all speak Spanish. But they were in there, they were really into football, yeah, but also gambling large sums. Yeah. So, <laughs> so okay. So we're talking about. Uh, sponsorships of uh, companies that want to um, obviously have their names on the football shirts. Milan had theirs uh, on the football shirt, um, obviously, during the European Cup final. So people see the name. However, I'm not convinced that that always makes you want to go to that particular brand or do that particular activity or whatever. And I think that the amounts of money that's ploughed into this um, really are ridiculous at times. However, they yeah. they must do their sums, and if they do their sums, then obviously um, there's a lot more to this than meets the eye. Uh, I, I I'm very very surprised, really, um, that um, y- you know people don't see. It's it's difficult for me because I don't gamble. You see. But how did you don't fall? You don't fall for the marketing either, do you, Vince? I, I don't. Um, I don't because no, of course you don't. No. But but I mean, how did I learn? I'll I'll be honest with you, Rob. I learned when I was twenty-eight, I think it was, and I was in the club. It was it was a time when not many people were in, and I put a couple of um, pounds in, and then lost it, and then I oh, God, I've got to get this money back. I put a week's wages in. I borrowed a week, subbed a week's wages, lost a week's wages, and you won't find me near a betting machine because of that. It's basically the only way to stop gambling is to ha- you, you sadly have to have a bad experience and hopefully learn from it. Otherwise, people have got you over a barrel. And I think that anybody who can't uh, control themselves in that sort of area... Um, it's a very, very sad thing. It's ruined lives. I, I've had uh, relatives who, you know, had um, that sort of a thing in their life. And so, yeah, we've got to take it very, yeah, very so, seriously. Yeah, so that's sort of high things. And there's also the thing, um, if we're talking about betting to do with football or anything, but gambling, it's sometimes if the person wins, they almost prefer they'd lost. Yeah. Um, it, 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 I think I think it's it's one of these other things that I think you were speaking about with Matt King the other day. It's, it's like a it's it's an obsession. It's like it's like a drug. Unfortunately, it hasn't got me. I don't mind a, a flutter on the horses every now and again. Um, I don't bet on football really because uh, it's, a, it's a lottery. Never bet on leads. But um, yeah, but it's, it, the people who do put the money in, bang, 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 they seem to like the feeling of losing. I've got to say, um, by the way, I, I told you a little... I can't understand that. <laughs> I told you a little fib, because I do actually buy a lottery ticket each week. Uh, we allow ourselves the luxury of... 
two euros or two euros 20 i think it is uh, per week and normally we go in have a chat with the person and it just is is a little sort of a little brevity in life we're going to go to the next one stand by mm-hmm. uh, here we go uh, we'll go to we'll go to this one Okay, so uh, we've now got, obviously, one eye I have, I'm pretty sure that you have as well now, on who is actually ruling the Premier League. Uh, Coming into the La Liga, uh, you'll know a lot more about the ownership of those clubs. Uh, But uh, lurking behind virtually every sport at the moment, uh, I see golf has just had this um, sponsorship deal that goes to Saudi Arabia, uh, and they've always had a big interest in football. They haven't had a football team worth uh, going to see yet, but um, tell us about um, Saudi Arabia. And, um, you know, they've always wanted their own competitive league, haven't they? Well, yes, um, Saudi Arabia, it's um, a country which is completely distinct um, from our kind of culture and from most other people's culture, unless you're listening from that part of the world. Um, but, yeah, they, they have never had a domestic league. I mean, it's not it's not the ideal country for playing football, is it? It's like desert with sand everywhere and very hot and, and camel racing and stuff. Um, but they've always been into football. And now they are trying to build their own league by buying um, players from the west, rest of the world and paying them lots and lots of money to go and play, uh, such as Cristiano always playing, um, exhibition matches more or less, but competitive matches against each other because they are trying to build up um, a sporting culture. But apart from that, they seem to be trying to take over um, most sports in, in the rest of the world. Um, the, the amount of money that they, they can invest and they have invested in in football um, throughout the world, they, they, they're starting to own it. It's like between them and the Americans, isn't it? It's like, it's like a competition between them. And that shouldn't be, that shouldn't be the case, I don't think. But, uh, that, but then again, is it, is it a competition? Because, um, you know, the Americans, uh, Saudi Arabia, a bit of collusion, world order. I mean, this is all about the new world order. They see themselves as being high profile in, I mean, just uh, very recently, they've been hosting the Formula One. Uh, they've been hosting the boxing, the world title bouts. Um, uh, they've got the golf, which I was talking about. And then, of course, uh, they've now purchased clubs like uh, Manchester City and Newcastle. So uh, there's a lot more going on here than people really want to uh, admit to. Um, I'm looking also at uh, 2030. Uh, there's a World Cup bid with Egypt and, e- and Greece um, is planned. Um, you see, 2030, Agenda 2030. Do you, do you see any dots to join there? Well, apart from the fact it's the same year, I, I, I mean, I, I don't know what. So, so the two candidates are what? Egypt and Greece? Uh, no, no, uh, you're missing the point. The point is there's Agenda 2030, which is putting us all in our world order place. Um, yeah. 
if they are trying to get in control of the World Cup at the same time, what normally deflects everybody from looking at what's going on? It's football. Oh, football yeah, football, football. Yeah. Okay. Hallelujah. Yeah, I mean, well, the thing is... Yeah, but we, yeah we, 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 we know that already. I think most of our listeners know that. But no, we they still don't. enjoy it, don't we? They, we still, listen, we still, uh, we still Rob, enjoy it. Rob, people do not see it. People don't see it. Uh, you know, we're, we're as bad... I mean, possibly hypocritical, because we would rather watch a good football match than to listen to a serious debate about why the war is happening between Russia and Ukraine, why Saudi is now taking over all the football clubs and all the major uh, sporting tournaments. So we have a little splash of hypocrisy, you and I, the same as everybody else. You know, a lot of people do not want to know about 2030 until it until it's happened, and then they've all found that they... They're all um, switched off from their electric cars and uh, can't get near to doing things they need to be doing. You know, this is why when you've got somebody uh, called Simon Chadwick, professor of sport and geopolitical economy. Now, he was at the Schema Business School in Paris, quoted as saying recently, improving the Saudi Arabian League is part of the plan. With the help of high-profile names. And then you've actually got former Leeds and Wolves forward, uh, Helder Costa. Former Argentine international. Uh, and it goes on, different names. Mm. Um, because, yeah, yeah. Ba because basically what they're doing is they're robbing from the old world order to get their way and build their league. I can't really understand why people would want to um, be party to it of course unless Sky suddenly come up with a package where it's free to watch all their games with all these big names who used to be good in it I mean personally I wouldn't want to do that but then again um, when you look at some of the things happening in the media at the moment I wouldn't want to be doing any of that either people have gone a little bit silly at the moment I'm not too sure how far it's going to go nor are you, nor is anybody. It really is becoming quite worrying. So, is this... Napo, Napo internet, Vince. Uh, well... No more internet. Hey, listen, Rob. The, the world would really be down the pan if the internet cut out, wouldn't it? Well, uh, um, you, you, you see, you, you know, many a true word is tro spoken in jest. It would be. This isn't, this isn't jest. <laughs> Good, OK. As long as you take yeah. it as seriously as I do, because I do think... Uh, that they saw a little bit of an opportunity, a window of opportunity, when they had that immense storm on the east coast of America. And they saw the mayhem that when everything goes down, what can be caused. And uh, believe me, um, there is a storm of a different type on the horizon. Now, I'm going to ask the question, is this another Chinese Super League, do you think? Well, um, that is the kind of um, objective they've got, the Saudis, um, is to try and build it up like that. But China, obviously, is a, a, a larger country and it has more different types of climate. So it's more suited to building football stadiums where they can play on grass and things. Whereas Saudi Arabia um, isn't. And, but that's what they're trying to base it on. That's the kind of idea they've got, is they would like it to be like a Chinese Super League. Um, which 
it, it, well, it's very, very popular. Um, but, but it's China, it's not Saudi Arabia. The difference in, in, in terrain is completely different. I don't, I don't think they'll get, I don't think they'll be able to do it, but that is their plan. But meanwhile, they just, yeah, they probably, what they've probably done with the Americans is they split it between them, like uh, cameras and less lady. And sort of like, we all compete with each other. You can have this bit, I'll have this bit. I think many a true word is spoken in jest. Um, that, to me, makes complete sense to what I can see. I think, yeah. uh, you see, you know, the Americans always appear to try and make themselves this great cowboy with the white hat who's making sure that everybody is um, safe. And really, the more I'm looking at things in many other ways now, the more I'm seeing, for example, um, what's coming down the education chain. We always used to get, um, you know, things that were happening in America would come into Europe uh, via the UK and then down to Spain at a later date. There's some horrible things, horrible things happening to our young people and you know, much as I love doing the football podcast, I don't want people to think that I've been in any way, shape or form trying to deviate and make people think of other things rather than the reality of what goes on. Now, we look at good things. We look at nice things. I'm going to um, get a little bit of music and then we'll have a look at something that I thought was rather nice. And I hope um, I hope you feel the same. Yeah. Okay, now we had a, a great player and he then became the manager, then he had heart problems and his name is Graham Souness. Uh, just so that it doesn't become too much of me just putting over all the uh, propaganda for the Liverpool club, um, we, we have got a nice story, haven't we, about Graham Souness? Oh, we certainly have, Vince. I mean, uh, Graham Sirius was a great player and he's been a very good manager as well, hasn't he, over the years? But he did suffer from heart problems when he was still, I think, in his late 40s. He's 70 now. Um, and he's still going strong. And he did a cross-channel swim um, the other day, didn't he, to raise money for charity. And Sir Alex Ferguson... Um, donated quite a large amount of money when um, it's not exactly clear exactly what but everybody um, for, of that era if you like from the football world including ourselves um, really proud of really proud of what what he did and um, yeah great great bloke um, a bit of Dallas Scott isn't he but he's, he, he did did the cross channel swim at 70 years old and um, good on him. That is a really good story, I think. Um, yeah. Nice well, uh, I mean, OK, he, he was part of a six-person relay team. Uh, so I think, really, we, we would have benefited from knowing who the other five people were. Uh, but... Um, <laughs> I thought it was only him. <laughs> No, well, no. It probably is a bit far for him, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. You, you know, the thing is, um, I, I think no matter how good a swimmer you are, going across the channel is a huge challenge. Challenge. Uh, oh, but, massive. But re oh, yeah. yeah, but reading from this, uh, they took twelve hours and seventeen minutes 
So I don't think really we'd be expecting Graham Sooners on his own to do that. Um, but I mean, you know, he, he was absolutely smitten by this uh, little girl who obviously uh, had this uh, butterfly skin, I think it's called, the disease. Um, you know, I, I just think that uh, for him to show such a lovely side to his nature, um, you know, he, he's had his troubles with his, with his heart problem, which must have made him think a lot more seriously about a lot of things. Um, but I always thought he was a nice guy. I always thought he was a great player as well, by the way. Um, so I'm going to pop a... Fantastic player, great manager, and full on him for doing what he's just done. I'm going to pop another little story in, which I didn't put in the agenda because um, I, I wasn't too sure whether we would have time to do this, but I think we should do. Um, so uh, can you uh, read the story about this gang of Chilean burglars uh, that came across um, from their country all the way to the UK on tourist visas? I mean, have you seen the story and seen what they were up to? Um. Okay. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you about it. Um, what they what they did they they raided homes in one of those little areas, the enclave of the football celebrities. Because obviously, um, when you uh, decide that you're going to travel seven thousand five hundred miles to burgle homes and mansions in Wilmslow and Alderley Edge. Uh, now this is part of Cheshire, and it's called the uh, Golden Triangle. And um, they ended up getting away with only £60, but that's not the point. The group's efforts was, of course, to try and get easy money. And they were caught fleeing the scene of an attempted break-in. Very interestingly, you know, uh, the way I look at these articles now to see how much of it is written by the artificial intelligence, uh, they've, they've mm. spelt scene, S-double-E-N, so you've either got a very uneducated journalist or probably the artificial intelligence writing the article. Anyway, I think artificial intelligence would probably be able to spell it correctly, Vince, to be honest. Well, no, 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 because they wouldn't, they wouldn't understand, understand always what the difference is between the two spellings. So Can't understand the context. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but the, the thing, what happened after they got spotted in their bal balaclavas, um, they went off, <laughs> they, they wandered off, uh, wandered off and uh, got in the cars and uh, 150 miles, 115 miles per hour motorway chase uh, for 30 miles on the M40. Uh, the gang trying to get away, you see. And um, eventually um, they had to uh, jump over the central reservation. And um, these guys, 39-year-old, 31-year-old and a 27-year-old, um, obviously you wonder, don't you? They've decided to come across to the UK from Chile. From Chile, from Chile to rob some footballers' houses. Well, that's and, it. that tells you two uh, things, doesn't it? It tells you one, they know that the footballers are being paid far too much, and they number two, know they will get the punishment that the crime deserves in England. That's or the UK. That's how stupid it's got, isn't it? Well, yeah, it is, but uh, I mean, how stupid? Well, how stupid were they? Fortunately, they didn't uh, <laughs> they didn't manage to get away with anything more than sixty quid. And I hope they didn't hurt anybody. Yeah, but you're missing but, the uh, you're missing the point. I think, Rob, you know, they're from Chile. It's the other side. It was 
almost as silly uh, as maybe the UK sending the fleet across to the Maldives and um, all what went on with that. I mean, it, you're coming across halfway across the world. So where have they got the idea from? It's um, me. That, that is, yeah, that, that's an interesting one, isn't it? Who, who are they targeting? Which South American footballs or just um, any Premier League no, footballer? No, they've, they've gone to where they know the Premier League footballers uh, are, are um, living. So they, they, they must have insider knowledge. Um, oh, well, I'd have, have, have a look on, on whatever, Facebook or something like that and sort of got this plan together. Um, it obviously didn't work, which is uh, just as well, really, for the rest of everybody else, isn't it? But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, well, quite my a, guess, it's quite a mad idea, isn't it? <laughs> well, well, yeah, but my guess is there's more to that story. It's got to be. Um, you know, either they've been in the UK before or um, they've got somebody that's living over here telling them how soft they are on, on the crooks and the burglars and that sort of thing. So, as I say, I think there's a bit more to that. As we go to a very famous name in Spanish football next, uh, not the story we really want to be talking about, but let me put the music on, um, set the scene. Okay, now look, um, let me just preface everything that we're talking about by telling everybody that we read these things in the papers. We don't necessarily, I'm not going to say I know enough about this to think uh, that uh, this particular guy is right or wrong. It's what's in the papers and it is about uh, a name who would have had a lot of respect here in Spain. So, uh, tell us about the story, please, Rob. Right, well, this story, Vince, is uh, quite an unfortunate one, but it's, ha- it's happening at the moment, so we, we have to discuss it. But this is to do with uh, Dani Alves, the uh, Brazilian footballer, who um, he, well, he played in Spain for a lot of his career. Um, a very, very well-known, very respected uh, player. He, he was, I mean, he played for Barcelona twice. He played about 300 matches for them also, I think. And that he is now 40 years old and he's been arrested in Brazil and put in um, confinement, it's like temporary prison, um, for an uh, alleged assault on his wife, or possibly his ex-wife now. But uh, and apparently this, this has been going on for a while, but he's only been arrested over the last couple of days. And... Um, it's one of these unfortunate stories where we hope it isn't true, that if it is true, he's facing, I think, 12 years inside um, in Brazil. And uh, it, so, yeah, it's an ongoing story. It's a very sad one, really, um, all round. Um, well, Rob, I don't that, know, there's, no, there's no winners in this, Vince. I R- Rob, I don't know whether we've got the same story here because um, the story that uh, this newspaper... Uh, claims that he'd never met his accuser and uh, later he changed the story. Apparently, um, it was following the death of his wife, uh, his wife's um, Joanna Sanza's mother. Um, Apparently, uh, it was all about um, um, a claim a 23-year-old woman alleged he had raped her in a toilet uh, at a well-known club in Barcelona. Now, um, is is that really um, 
is this the same story? Uh, it, it will be the same story, but reported in a different way, Vince. I mean, it, this hasn't been widely reported in Spain um, because it's not, well, it's not, it's not a scandal paper country, really. But in, in Marca, for example, it says that it, um, he gave an interview to a journalist and he apologised to his wife, who, uh, as far as I can see, is still alive. Now, um, the long and short of it is that he, he's in jail at the moment and he's facing charges. Now, exactly what is happening, um, obviously you've read a different account to, to I have, um, and we'll just have to find out how it pans out in the future. But I think it's a very unfortunate situation all around. Well, well I mean, this uh, accuser has alleged she'd been slapped around the face and raped in the toilet, uh, which is, uh, you know, really not a good a story to read about anybody. Uh, but I've also got to make it clear that... Um, you, you know, there, there does seem to be a lot of doubt about, um, you know, what really had gone on. And we do have quite a lot of stories that take ages. And then eventually it turns out that there was nothing that, um, you, you know, uh, could be pinned on the person. And, you know, but the trouble is, you see, his name is the one that's in the newspaper. And his name is the one that everybody's going to relate to. And, you know, this 23-year-old lady, um, you know, should it prove out that, um, you, you know, he's innocent, uh, I don't think he will be totally innocent because, to be honest, you know, if you're in the nightclub, um, that's the sort of an area where you do act differently and it could be totally drink-related. You just don't have a clue. But my beef is with the fact that this is in the papers and, you know, um, it says he's facing up to 12 years in prison, um, but it's still only an alleged assault until more of the uh, truth comes out. And hopefully, um, you know, wouldn't it be nice if he was not guilty of, of this, you know, uh, allegation? Oh, yeah, I, I think it really would be. Um, however, if he is guilty, he needs a sentence. Um, but... Seriously, I, I hope he isn't. I mean, look at the uh, Mendy, the uh, Man City defender. He was found not guilty um, on all the charges that he was up against, but he's finished his career. Uh, Danny Alves, is, is, his career is already at an end, if you like, but he's a very respected man in Brazil and in the world of football in general. But, it, it, yeah, they're just dragging his name through the uh, mud. And if he is guilty, fair enough. But if he isn't, let's say, innocent until proven guilty, Vincent. Uh, well, you have to, uh, and that's yeah. the, the whole point for me, is to to say exactly the same uh, sentiment. If he's guilty, then obviously, like you, then you, you feel that uh, he deserves whatever he has coming to him. But should he not be um, proven guilty, then, you know, his name will always be tarnished. It's like that uh, John Leslie, the guy that was the Blue Peter presenter in, in, in England. I mean, it ruined him. OK, uh, at the age of uh, 40, maybe it's not quite the same. Um, but, you know, uh, look, I want to go to finish off with, uh, we were going to talk about a guy who was a referee called Antonio Miguel Mathieu Lajos. And he was born in... Uh, Algimia d'Alfara uh, in, in Valencia. Um, 
and I think it was you that you brought me the story and I, I looked after, uh, you know, the name came to me. I looked into that and um, it was really because of what you wanted to tell me about that particular guy. What can you remember from the top of your head about him? And then I'll look at the information we have. Right, well, um, this is a, a, an ex-referee. He, he retired. Uh, well, he retired. Um, I'll get into that later. Antonio uh, Mateo Lajos. He um, was a Liga referee until the end of this season. And he was also an international referee. Now, he was quite controversial uh, throughout his career. Um, he didn't take any nonsense, basically. Um, and... Is one of the main claims to fame, which is one of the reasons why he was asked to step down from being a Liga referee, was the fact that um, in the uh, World Cup semi-final, I think it was, when Holland, he gave out he gave out eight cards in a match, and it's the first time that anybody's ever done that. And most of the cards he gave out were because people were protesting against the decision he'd made, which it turns out the decision he made was wrong. And so they were, but he was card, 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 card. And that was the sort of way that he was throughout his whole career. And uh, nobody's ever um, thought he was corrupt or anything. He's just, he was over harsh with dishing out cards and sending people off. And he didn't actually stick to the rules um, all the time either. He sort of, he's one of these, he sort of made the rules up um, as he went along kind of thing. Um, but yeah, he retired at the end of the last season, and the, the final match that he, uh, that he refereed, he actually got a standing ovation um, from all the, both both sets of supporters. I think it was Osasuna against uh, Espanyol, I think it was. But he got a standing ovation from all the supporters, and he also got a guard of honour from both teams. Now he was expecting to be booed off. He was expecting to be booed off because he's that he was that well known. He's that that, that notorious. But they actually sort of like clapped him off and sort of like he, he was really pleased about that. But he was retired um, against his own will, if you like. He was he was told that he wasn't going to be selected next year because he just he just made too many controversial decisions and was becoming more known as a as a celebrity, if you like, rather than a, a match referee. But so yeah, colourful character. Yeah, well, I mean, when you brought um, him to the the attention. Um, and I looked into what he was all about. I mean, uh, what was funny, I mean, I find it quite funny, uh, was, you know, sort of he, he would take everybody on, even when he knew, well, maybe he didn't, but, you know, even when he was not right. Um, and it's a little bit like, it's a little bit like the politics of today. Um, we've got stacks and stacks of people who are doing things which are totally not appropriate or not right. Um, and so you can imagine if he was the referee, he'd be showing them a yellow card and a red card for doing things <laughs> which uh, basically, uh, you know, um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, he, he used to he used to he used to give yellow cards to players just for look at his him in a certain way that he didn't like. I mean, he was a real dictator on the pitch. He's like, I'm in charge of this, but which is fair enough. But he did go over the top sometimes. Like a player sort of scowls at him, looks at him, and didn't have to say anything. He's like, yellow card. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, well, he, he's retired now from uh, top flight football at least. And um, 
Yeah, it's sad to see him going away, but it's also it's, ta- it's time to let some new people in, isn't it? Let's face it. I think so. Well, look, uh, we uh, won't. I don't think we have many big, big games to sort of report on. Uh, so just as we're coming to the end of this week, um, I think we better sort of um, just collect things, collect the items of news as we spot them, and obviously communis- communicate between you and I um, for next Thursday. So, Rob, once again, thank you very much indeed for your time. My pleasure, And let's hope that um, that name that we were talking about which is in the papers. Um, let's hope that maybe this time he wasn't guilty anyway. Um, Rob, we'll catch you next week. Thank you. Cheers.